the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A man who plotted to kill Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh has been arrested. There was a man arrested just a little while ago last night out in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house trying to kill him. San Francisco's progressive DA gets ousted in a recall on Tuesday night. It is an achievement to be too left-wing for San Francisco. The Assembly of Western Hemisphere Leaders zeroes in on migration. The presence of Guatemala, of Honduras, and El Salvador are not here. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, June 9th. I'm Mike Scott. A Russian foreign minister is denying that the war in Ukraine is causing a global food crisis, despite soaring prices caused by the collapse of Ukrainian exports. Turkish Foreign Minister Mevlut Cavusoglu says a plan by the UN for a grain corridor to carry Ukrainian agricultural products is feasible. Speaking alongside Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov at a news conference Wednesday in Ankara following talks, Cavusoglu says the plan requires negotiation between Moscow and Kyiv. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen says global food shortages have worsened as a result of Russia's war against Ukraine. All of these impacts have one thing in common. They are massively and deliberately compounded by Putin's war. And this is a cold, callous and calculated siege by Putin on some of the most vulnerable countries and people in the world. Von der Leyen says food has become weaponized in Moscow's war. Food has become now part of the Kremlin's arsenal of terror, and we cannot tolerate this. Some Taiwanese policymakers believe that with the Chinese Communist Party modernizing its armed forces so rapidly... The country may opt for war soon. Taiwan is coming under new focus as an increasingly dangerous flashpoint. Just days after the president's inauguration, Chinese warplanes simulated missile attacks on a U.S. aircraft carrier sailing in the vicinity of that country. Over the following months, China then boosted the tempo and size of fighter jet and bomber sorties near Taiwan. Is China gaming out an invasion? Well, Taiwan certainly is preparing for one. Its citizens are training themselves on how to use a gun. These pictures are from New Taipei. Last week, a training was held here. People from all walks of life participated. They They practiced how to use a gun. Remember, we saw something similar in Ukraine. Just before the war, civilians had picked up the gun. Many of them are now fighting the war. The people of Taiwan are taking inspiration from Ukraine. They say they want to be ready to fight if China invades. Experts watching China argue that 
China watching Russia struggle in Ukraine may also demonstrate to Beijing the importance of moving faster. Some Taiwanese politicians think the U.S.'s increasingly bitter competition with China is adding to the risk. An armed California man was arrested near the Maryland home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh on Wednesday morning. The man has been identified as Nicholas John Roski. According to reports, Roski of Simi Valley, California, was carrying a gun, a knife, and pepper spray when arrested and has made violent threats against Kavanaugh, sources say. Roski was picked up on a nearby street after calling police on 911 to report himself. Today, uh, we've been uh, told by several law enforcement officials that a man was arrested overnight near the home of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. He was armed with a gun, a knife, and pepper spray and told authorities that he was there to kill the justice. Now, he was not arrested at the home of the justice. He was arrested nearby. Law enforcement officials tell us that the man actually arrived by taxi and was seen by uh, police and other law enforcement officials that were near the justice's house. At approximately 1.05 a.m. Wednesday, two U.S. Marshals saw an individual later identified as Roski dressed in black clothing and carrying a backpack and a suitcase get out of a taxi cab that had stopped in front of Kavanaugh's Montgomery County, Maryland home. Republican Representative of Louisiana Steve Scalise admonished some of his Democratic colleagues for, in his opinion, encouraging people to go to the homes of Supreme Court justices. Uh, it's, it's angering when you see that there was a man arrested just a little while ago last night uh, out in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house trying to kill him. When we were vocal a few weeks ago, speaking out against this encouragement you saw from the White House on down to encourage people to go to the homes, the private homes of Supreme Court justices, it is a dangerous trend. Exercising First Amendment rights is one thing. Encouraging people to go to the homes of Supreme Court justices, you see where that can lead. And it's a shame. Um, Thank God law enforcement was able to arrest the man who was intending uh, on committing that action. But uh, it just reminds us all, let's try to continue to focus on problems, not try to create problems. Many Republicans also point to Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's heated rhetoric from last year, in which he seems to threaten Justices Kavanaugh and Gorsuch directly. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. Tulsi Gabbard, former representative for the state of Hawaii, joined Fox News to discuss the attempt on the life of Justice Kavanaugh. It is extremely direct and it is a direct affront to the Constitution. You know, every member of Congress, as you know very well, uh, every member of the U.S. Senate takes that oath to support and defend the Constitution. Well, we have three co-equal branches of government. And so for the legislative branch to so directly threaten and incite threats against the executive, uh, the the, uh, judicial branch, which is the independence is sacred. We need them to be in a position where they're not feeling like they're pressured to rule a certain way because of these threats. 
and you have a high-ranking Democrat who's directly threatening that. I think the other thing with this, too, is, you know, with all this talk about guns, gun laws, gun restrictions, I think there's so much hypocrisy here where you have the very same people who are pushing for stricter gun laws are the same people pushing for more lenient treatment of gun-related crimes. One big story emerged from Tuesday's primary elections. San Francisco voters recalling District Attorney Chesa Bowden. By 10 a.m. Wednesday, yes votes on the recall were leading no votes by a margin of nearly 20 percentage points. Bowden, speaking with supporters, blamed his recall on Republican billionaires. And I want to be very clear about what happened tonight. The right-wing billionaires outspent us three to one. They exploited an environment in which people are appropriately upset. And they created an electoral dynamic where we were literally shadow boxing. Voters were not asked to choose between criminal justice reform and something else. They were given an opportunity to voice their frustration and their outrage, and they took that opportunity. President Joe Biden responded to the progressive DA's ouster by saying voters sent a clear message last night. Both parties have to step up and do something about violent crime as well as gun violence. Guy Benson is the political editor for Town Hall and joined Fox News to discuss what the ouster of Bowdoin means. I think a lot of people are fed up with crime, and I would quibble with one thing that Dagan said. I'm not sure he's just soft on crime. I think he's arguably pro-criminal, which is the problem wow. when it's the prosecutor in the city. And this was not a close recall. It's currently 60-40 in favor. And I saw he gave this defiant speech last night, even though he lost, saying, it's the right-wing billionaires out to get me. It's the same response we got from the school board members in San Francisco when they got booted a few weeks ago. They said, oh, this is white supremacy rearing its head. It's delusional. It is an achievement to be too left-wing for San Francisco, but all four of these characters have achieved it. Uh, So hats off to them, I guess. Hopefully this is something of uh, a turning of a corner for the people of San Francisco. Even they have their limits. Meanwhile, Democrat U.S. Representative Karen Bass and developer Rick Caruso breeze past a large field of rivals looking to be the next mayor of Los Angeles and advance Tuesday to a runoff in November. An early tally of mail-in ballots showed Caruso at 41 percent and Bass at 38 percent. A candidate needed to top 50% to avoid a runoff. A dozen names were on the ballot, though several candidates dropped out. Candidate Rick Caruso says he's heard people are divided, but what he's heard on the campaign trail suggests voters usually share the same concerns. They're upset about the problems of homelessness. They're upset about the problems of crime, corruption. But they're also upset that our city government seems to accept these problems as if life has to be this way. Mayoral candidate Karen Bass, a U.S. congresswoman who is on President Biden's shortlist for vice president, promises L.A. voters a better tomorrow. Together we will make a city a place where you can afford to live, where you want to live, because you feel safe, because the air you breathe is clean, and because people are no longer dying on our streets. Not, 
South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem has won the Republican primary for another term, defeating a former legislative leader who accused her of using the office to mount a 2024 White House bid. Noem says she's looking forward to pushing back against the Biden agenda. And now with your support, we're going to have the chance to go into a November election and make sure that we're pushing back on Joe Biden's America and what he's doing to this country. Migration has taken center stage at an assembly of Western Hemisphere leaders, reflecting its emergence as a top foreign policy issue amid red carpet drama over who comes and who stays home. The Los Angeles Declaration is soon to be announced as the president meets with his counterparts from North, Central, and South America through Friday. GOP Congresswoman Maria Salazar of Florida says the summit will make no progress on migration with the presidents of Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador absent. How are we going to be talking to countries that are exporting people if they are not present? Salazar says President Biden's agenda for the Americas summit is inadequate. COVID, climate change, gender ideology... Nothing about the economy, nothing about trade, nothing about jobs discussion or tax incentives for American companies to land in Central America. Nothing about keeping Central Americans working at home instead of fleeing to our borders. Salazar also went on to say the summit will be a failure without key leaders, most notably Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador boycotting. The president wants to talk about immigration, as I'm saying about the border. But look at this. The presidents of Guatemala, of Honduras, and El Salvador are not here. The House passed a sweeping gun package Wednesday in response to last month's mass shootings in Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas, that killed more than 30 and reignited a push by Democrats for firearm legislation on Capitol Hill. The package dubbed the Protecting Our Kids Act passed on a 223-204 vote. One Republican abstained. California Congressman Mike Thompson says all lawmakers need to stop worrying about re-election and start worrying about protecting kids. None of our careers are worth more than the lives of the children in this country. We need to pass this bill, and I hope we do it with a strong bipartisan support. Wall Street is on the alert for signs of a looming economic recession as the Fed is trying to tame the hottest inflation in nearly four decades. Former Chase chief economist Anthony Chan joined Fox Business to discuss the prospects of a financially troublesome 2023. I have no doubt that the risk, and I've said this on your show many times before, Stuart, I have no doubt that the risk of a recession have increased for 2023. No doubt about that. But the question is, is it going to be a severe one? Is it going to be a minor one? At this point, the data is not telling us uh, uh, something like that. But I do know that tough times are ahead because the Federal Reserve, as Jamie Dimon correctly pointed out, they're going to be cutting back on the balance sheet. Chan goes on to say that the Fed is cutting back on their balance sheet. In 2017, Stuart, what did we do? We cut back the balance sheet in QT1, and we shut it down by 15%. We repaired it back. 
This time around, it, over the next 12 months, if the Federal Reserve goes according to their plan, the June to August, $47.5 billion, and then later on jumping it to $95 billion, we'll cut it by almost a trillion dollars or 11% of the balance sheet. So it actually will be less than QT1. Tire company Goodyear has agreed to recall more than 173,000 recreational vehicle tires. Daybreak Insider's John Scott has more on this story. The U.S. government says those tires can fail and have killed or injured 95 people since 1998. Goodyear's G159 tires have been under investigation by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration for nearly five years. Documents say the tire tread can separate from the body, causing drivers to lose control. The investigation began in 2017 after a judge ordered the release of Goodyear data that had been sealed under court orders and settlement agreements. John Scott reporting. An American woman who prosecutors say led an all-female battalion of ISIS militants in Syria pleaded guilty Tuesday in a case that prosecutors called the first of its kind in the United States. Allison Fluke Ekron broke down sobbing after admitting in federal court in Alexandria, Virginia, to conspiring to provide material support to a foreign terror organization, a charge that likely carries a maximum 20-year prison sentence. Daybreak Insider's Ed Donahue has more details on this story. Allison Fluke Ekron broke down sobbing after admitting in federal court near Washington to conspiring to provide material support to a foreign terrorist organization. She could face a maximum 20-year sentence. Fluke Ekron once lived in Kansas. In Syria, she trained women and young girls to use automatic rifles, grenades, and suicide belts. Some were as young as 10 or 11, according to one witness cited in court documents. Fluke Ekron spoke openly about wanting to conduct an attack in the U.S., including by parking a car loaded with explosives in a shopping mall garage. Another witness said she discussed ideas for a bomb attack on a college campus in the Midwest. Ed Donahue, Washington. And finally, a man partially covered the bewitched statue in Salem, Massachusetts with red paint. The bewitched statue was vandalized. It appears someone damaged it with red paint. It has since been cleaned up. We called Salem police who told us they have one man under arrest for the crime. Apparently someone witnessed the person doing it and got police to the scene immediately. The statue honors Elizabeth Montgomery, who played the actress in the late 1960s sitcom. Witnesses called police about 5 p.m. this week to report someone spray-painting the bronze statue depicting actor Elizabeth Montgomery as lead character Samantha Stevens in the 1960s sitcom, sitting on a broomstick in front of a crescent moon. The suspect, who says he was going through a rough time and wanted to do something to get arrested, was held on $500 bail at his arraignment Tuesday. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.